Let's go. Six Pack Double Feature with your hosts. I'm not Nathan. I'm not Travis. Hey, there you guys are. Join Nathan and Travis as they pair and compare your favorite and not so favorite movies. If it was on the shelf at your local video store, it's fair game. Grab a cold one and let's do this. It's the mature thing to do. It's Six Pack Double Feature. Yeah, I think I followed them. Yeah. Um, They're back in like Fenway Park. I guess for the longest time they were not. I don't know what beer it was. It was probably Budweiser. But now they're the official beer of the Red Sox again, which they used to be. In the official, unofficial beer six-pack double feature, but... Right. Well, yeah. But, yeah. You think there's going to be anything, any any uh, pushback on Bud Light being at the ballpark? Who gives a shit? <laughs> I'll tell you two people to give a shit, uh, but no one gives a shit about them. <laughs> Kid Tritt and Travis Rock, or something. I don't know. What? Their parts are interchangeable, as is their talent. <laughs> mm. Topical hot take. Yeah, but people have completely forgotten by the time this episode will air. Oh, for sure. No, maybe. Who What's, knows? It'll be the funniest early thing summer. Is the two movies we're watching are supposed to be about a dystopian future and the dystopian future that we're actually living in is nothing at all like the dystopian future yeah people shoot either of these two movies cans of beer (laughs) when they're pissed with their ar-15s or what what not fucking dumb yeah i wonder what uh someone at mad max's world would do with a, a woke can of beer i don't know you're gonna spill that shit everywhere again aren't you no yeah. You're not. Okay, good. Yeah. They'd probably take a chug and sing this song. That's my beer. That's my beer. That's my beer. That's my beer. Beer of Kansas. That's my beer. That's my beer. That's my beer. That's my beer. Made right here. Beer of Kansas. That's my beer. That's my beer. That's my beer. Yeah, but the Snake Plissken version would be more like, it's my beer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really do a good... You don't, you're trying to do <clears throat> Kurt Russell doing Clint Eastwood? <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> that, what he does. Yeah, he pretty much was doing Clint Eastwood. Okay. So I'm going to have one of these, but uh, full disclosure, I am, uh, I'm over 40. Uh, I don't drink a bunch anymore, and I have a massive tick bite, uh, which is the main culprit. Or was it? Uh, on my uh, ass? No, it was on my back, just right behind my, just below my shoulder. Mm. Uh, and when Jamie ripped it out, it got really like big and red and puffy. So I went to the doctor just to make sure I didn't have any weird tropical ass disease. He said, "Look, man, we can do one of two things. Like we can do like the old school way, which is we'll take some blood, we'll send it off to the lab, test it, and get some out, leeches, <laughs> find out if you have anything, and if you have anything, we'll give you some antibiotics." He said, "Or I can save you the time and the lab fee and just give you the antibiotics." And I was like, yeah, "That sounds like a plan. Let's just do that." And then I was like, "Say, doc, not that it's really a problem anymore, but uh, can I drink on these? Because I got a podcast to record tomorrow, and I'm going to hang with some friends later this weekend. And alcohol is just central to those activities. No, I said, "Can I drink on them?" And he went, "I don't see why not." And I was like, "I like you, Doc." He was like, "Maybe don't just go for it, like get hammered or anything." 
but uh, you can have a couple of beers. So, <laughs> just doctor's orders. You know, a couple of beers. He said, "I can have a couple of beers." So, just don't go for it. Now, his definition to go for it might be different than mine. I so. wonder. You know, you may need to make another call when we have a break here. Yeah. <laughs> so if I so do, exactly what do you mean when you say? Go for it. I mean, like, if I start, like, mainlining heroin after four or five beers, is that going for it? Because to me, that's going for it. Yeah. Like, to him, maybe he means don't drink, like, 10, 12, and then... Stay away from the Coke. And then don't get into the whiskey, (laughs) you know? I don't know. I'm not going to do any of those things, but uh, if I do come out on the other end with some sort of tropical ass disease, I'm blaming you, Nathan. All right. What a long-winded intro, gang. Welcome to it. It is six-pack double feature. I'm not Nathan. And I am not Travis. Hope you guys have enjoyed the uh, start of our final our final run on the Death Star here. <laughs> I can almost see the runway. <laughs> uh, last week's uh, final shots. Final, yeah. final shots, final sequence, whatever. Yeah. Uh, this week, a couple of favorites. Things that end. Things that end. Um, <laughs> right. I have been wanting to do Escape from New York uh, since we started this because it Why didn't is, you pick it earlier? Oh, because it was... I've been saving it for the swan song. Okay. Because it's, it's... We have two for this season. We're doing two top tier carpenter flicks. Probably the two. We talked about it at the end of last week. Yeah. So to this week, gang, if you don't remember, we're doing Escape from New York. And uh, for us here uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, gang, it's the Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you uh, down under, it is Mad Max 2, or the one with the little feral boy. Yeah, <laughs> literally, <laughs> feral boy. Um, you mentioned three three like Carpenter movies that are kind of all tied. Clearly, it's Halloween. Clearly. Escape from New York. And The Thing. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. The one that always gets forgotten, because... Everybody well, it got it. well. It got forgotten, and now it's beloved. Yeah. But eighty two was an interesting. We year were for so, a lot of science fiction. Everyone was so happy in nineteen eighty two, and they were like, "This is this is bringing me down, man." And nowadays, we're just like, "Give me some more." <sighs> Seems about right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Goddamn dog turned into a demon. I don't know. Tried to eat Wilford Brimley. Here's oatmeal. Here and here we are. It's just, it's just a damn shame that a white man and a black man can't sit next to the burning ashes of a scientific experiment and share a bottle of whiskey without trying to kill one another. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too dark? Yes. Okay. Jeez, lighten up just a little bit. <laughs> Turn that dial down just a hair. <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I actually could have done that in real time. Um <laughs> uh, that's what it sound like like they're powering down <laughs> the why does the death tractor beam and why does the death star sound like it's powering down right before they shoot the fucking planet annihilating laser beam it's the same sound effect as when they were when uh, ben <laughs> obi-wan was shutting down the tractor beam kind of you think when he got to tattooing he had to register his aka <laughs> or his lightsaber what, right. Well, you can't take your lightsaber to town. Now that's true. What uh, What do you think is his real name? Like, do, do, like when you go into the Jedi Order, is it like any other cult? They they strip you of your identity and give you a new cult name. So is Ben his real name? And that's then, his cult name. Is Ben? <laughs> so Obi Wan Kenobi. What is Ben? Just seems easier. Are they a Jewish cult? Yeah. <laughs> what are they Jewish? <laughs> 
they don't swing their lightsabers on the Shabbos. Hey, they're uh, Druish. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Doesn't look Druish. They don't look Jedi. <laughs> I didn't realize Kenobi was a Jedi name. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it all comes together now. Oh, the flowing robes. <laughs> uh. I heard already part of that weird 80s-ass trailer for Escape from New York, so play that bitch. Bitch. If he climbs over the wall, they'll blow him off. If he tries to fly over the river, they'll shoot him down. If he comes back alone, they'll explode his brain. New York, 1997. One man has 24 hours to break in and break out before it's too late for escape. John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Break it off. Persons under 17 not admitted without parent or guardian now playing. Check. Oh, now, he did sound a little drunk, didn't he? Kurt oh. <laughs> Russell did what? It doesn't matter. Is your, is, your, is your dad here, Sonny? You can't come in without your dad. Not without an adult. Under seventeen, not admitted. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just had these marbles in my mouth. It's where I keep them. Uh, do you know what year that was from? That trailer? Well, I guess it would have been from '81, huh? Maybe '82. <laughs> Probably '81. Um, that's a stupid question. <laughs> you Usually, got a stupid answer. <laughs> what you've uh, what you've been doing for the longest time is playing like a trailer when it's going to air on TV and. I got all excited about my drunk riff and forgot what happened in reality. We're here to talk about Escape from New York. How old were you the first time you saw Escape from New York? That was a cold-ass segue, I was, by the way. Uh, a, you might say that segue was chilly. I was likely in my early 20s. Or you might not. Um, it's probably once I started to become fascinated with Carpenter's work. Sure. Like when I was like, do I want to go into... Filmmaking? No, no. Yes, I do, but I'm not going to. But um, <laughs> I wanted to be. But a rock I want to think I'm going to. So you start becoming fascinated with certain filmmakers, and you hear about Halloween, and then you want to look up other stuff that Carpenter's done that you may or may not have watched growing up, which was not a lot in my household anyway, because most of his movies were R. And even Big Trouble in Little China, I didn't see much when I was that young. But I was probably in my early 20s. Just go down and start looking up all the things on, like, when IMDb first kind of became a thing. And Mm. what are all the movies that he's done? And then you start checking those off the list. One The summer between, uh, I believe it was 6th and 7th grade, I was a... You know how they say like 1982 was like the one of the biggest years for sci-fi and kind of and how many of them failed? But yeah, yes, uh, that summer for me was like I watched a shitload of like I wouldn't necessarily call some of them good, and I'll list some of them here in a minute. And you, I know, won't call some of them good, uh, but okay. still like seminal, like formed the taste I still have today. Yeah. And I've talked about it before, where like a lot of kids had like a summer reading list. Well, our library had. Um, VHS tapes you could rent too, and they were way cheaper than reading a book. <laughs> no, most deaf, but uh, they were way cheaper than they're like half half the price of the supermarket or the rental places. Yeah. Now you also, you know, you weren't going to get. You took the risk of going to the library to get a movie, and you, I didn't it even go. Be there. My mom came home for lunch because we lived in a really small town, so she would just swing by the library. She brought home a list of she had. 
she kind of volunteered at the library. So she literally just printed off a list of all the movies they had. She was like, here, look through this. Pick one or two or whatever. Right? No, pick the ones you want, and I'll rent a couple of them for you. Bring them home, and you can watch them. I tried to sneak a couple past her. Um, one was literally called Whore. And then there was one called Boxing Helena. Oh, Remember that? I know of it. I have it's, not seen it. I didn't know what it was about, but... It's I knew weird it was Sherilyn Finn, and she was nude in it, and that's all I cared about. And I tried to get that past her. She was like, yeah, I'm not renting you that one. And I was like, oh, how come? And she was like, yeah, that's you're, that's a dirty movie. You're not dirty, but, you but know. She's like, it's dirty for you. It's it's above what you're able to comprehend. It's above your right? pay grade. And I was, <laughs> she's like, why do you want to watch that anyway? And I was like, I thought it was a boxing movie. She was like, uh-huh. You know, that girl from Twin Peaks. Based on the cover of her in a box. Like scantily clad, you thought this was a boxing movie. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not bringing it home for you. So it's about the day after Christmas up in Canada. Pick, <laughs> yeah. Pick, pick, pick other ones. Um, so, so you went down the list a little further. I mean, all I had a shitload of them circled, but um, several of the ones that was uh, let's see, the first year I watched like the 1938 Wolfman with Lon Chaney. I think that was. I did. I think Wolfman, it was in late Dracula, 40s, Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did all the Universal horror. Yep, yeah, I did Escape from. Oddly enough, not the Invisible Man. I don't think they had it. Um, no, it's not even a joke. No, no, I know. That's a great joke though. Now that it just <laughs> no. kind of rolls itself out. I did not see the Invisible. I did man. not see. <laughs> was he there? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, Escape from New York. I don't know what made me pick it. Probably the cover. Yeah. Because uh, it looked cool yeah like what is this adventure and it still does yeah also on that dystopian future list were uh soylent green which i love to this day which is one of the ones i know you would not call good oh it's all right logan it was it was for its time and logan's run that one little i love that movie it's a little stodgy it's late 60s is it late 60s Mm mm-hmm i feel like it's a little later than that but either way yeah but uh who's um michael york yeah, Basil yeah. Exposition. Um, That's right. Uh, another one I got was uh, Our Man Flint. Not in like Flint, but the the first one. The first one yeah. with, um, damn it, what is his name? Cobb. No. Oh, you mean Flint? No, the actual actor that played Flint. Uh, uh, yeah. Damn it. Yeah, anyway. He was in... It escapes us. He was in uh, yeah. James Coburn. Yeah, James Coburn. He was in Payback with Mel Gibson, who comes up later. <laughs> You're just episode. mean, man. That's just mean. <laughs> God, he was, his voice was so cool. Yeah, his voice was cool. So, yeah, I was like 13 the first time I saw it, and I was like, this looks like a fucking action romp. And for 1981, I think it was... Watching it now, not so much. No. No, not even close. Like, but I, I love this movie, but yeah, it's like not, it is not an action romp. It's more of a noir. It is really more of, of, of a noir. Um, I think also this is probably my favorite Carpenter's minimalist type scores. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like the score to this and I like the score, the score to Halloween three. I like um, the score to Halloween three is better than the original Halloween because it just seems richer. I guess you it's would say it's richer and it's more. It's not as repetitive. The too. score again. Yeah, the everyone, score, not the song. Yeah, this song. <laughs> <laughs> you got me with the Narragansett song. I had to get you with that. Uh, Fuck you. 
<laughs> but even like the first time you're watching it, like, hold on, I, I'm going to pull up how this starts. so simple man it is i mean that like as a compliment yeah but not like in your face repetitive oh it is with ha- with halloween sure. like it, it's almost an annoyance factor halloween. with yeah it can, well, it can be. it's because it became so iconic correct but with this it's just for the time i'm sure it was more advanced sounding than it is now but it to me it just it marries perfectly in the time that this came out yeah it's it's not quite digital but it's not quite analog right it's just the excuse me it's just the names over the black screen right and this music and you I mean based on the cover and probably the trailer that you would have seen you know what you're getting into but for me being 13 and seeing it on home video I was like what in the fuck am i watching yeah why is it this isn't upbeat this but then you get to that narration like skip to the narration security prison for the entire country. A 50-foot containment wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline, across the Harlem River, and down along the Brooklyn shoreline. It completely surrounds Manhattan Island. All bridges and waterways are mined. The United States police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. There are no guards inside the prison, only prisoners and the worlds they have made. The rules are simple. Once you go in, you don't come out. Isn't it already up to 400% in the 70s anyway? Sure. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Uh, Wasn't this another of uh, Carpenter's commentaries on what he thought the reagan 80s were going to bring kind of yeah yeah it was most evident in what we've already talked about they live they live yeah but that'd be a... <sighs> that's also a good comparison like yeah yeah the beginning of the reagan 80s and the end of the reagan 80s mm-hmm. yeah back to what we were saying that <sighs> ambiguous not spooky but there's the, there's it's a little haunting, haunting. Yeah. yeah you're like what in the f- Especially me. I was like, what yeah, the fuck okay. am I getting into? Yeah. And then it, it's a text, not a crawl, but a... No, but it just kind of pops like up bulletin. on the screen. It says 1988, and then the... Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis tells you yeah. things are fucked up. And for those who and didn't know, she's still telling Jamie, us yeah, things, things are, are fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> just on her Instagram. Um, my first note when I started watching this <laughs> was, so, so is Snake's wearing zebra print pants, or are they more like snow winter camouflage pants? Because I'm another, not that's entirely another, sure. That's another thing I love about it. Just kind of carries over that same tone from the music. It's like this ambiguous 
I'm, we know he was former military. We know that. Right. Uh, I don't know. I just, it's, he's such an interesting fucking, because you don't know shit about him. No. You, you know, know bare minimum. Correct. What you need to know. He smokes. He clearly has poor depth perception. He's good with guns in spite of that. And he doesn't like Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck that character's name was. Um, what was his name? Uh, said, Bob Hawk. Hauk. Hauk. It's Hauk. Hauk. H-A-U-K. almost said Rawls, but we've been watching Police Commissioner wire. Bob Hauk. Um, yeah, which is great. Which is, is good. He's kind of that. Like you said earlier, he, he's doing his best Eastwood. He's he's a mysterious stranger. Which also seems appropriate considering the fact that Van Cleef was a bad guy in two of the three uh, Man With No Name Western, Spaghetti Western trilogies. Yeah, he, was in, him, uh, so. he was in the movies that went between hours 21 and 37, right? <laughs> right. Of those long-winded fucking... He also has like... No, they're not He only has like nine and a half fingers, bloated, too. Bloated, because yeah, if they were long-winded, it. that would require dialogue. <laughs> Just bloated. Um, but we're not here to talk about Sergio Leone's running time on the good, the bad, and the ugly, or any of them. But no, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> looking back at it part, now, he only has like nine and three quarters fingers too. Looking it? looking at Snake Plissken's pants now, it's like what are those Yow. like Zubas, dude? Are, are you wearing yeah. your sister's Zubas? Are they a little tight? Although it did kind of get the fashion for like late eighties. <laughs> They just mm-hmm. didn't have any more manufacturing. Did you uh, Did you ever watch the the only deleted scene I've ever been able to find of this, which is the robbery where he gets arrested prior to? Yeah, I think I shared that with you ages ago when we were both still working at G squared, and you you I it's told a, you about it. You're like that was badass, and I'm like, yeah, it was unexpected. Yeah, it's on a Blu-ray or something. Yeah, now. and it was uh, and it was filmed in Atlanta at their new Metro, which uh, is probably train. torn down. now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> Could you imagine that the country actually having like this giant underground network of trains that wherever he started in Colorado and ended up in San Francisco or vice versa? Because I think that's what it was. That's the other cool thing that Carpenter does with this movie with just little bits of dialogue. He just gives you enough information that if you have the slightest fucking spark of imagination. Right. Just like the first Star Wars movie. You're like, who the fuck is that? He was on screen for half a second, but that's a full-ass costumed person. Right. Like, what's his story? And Carpenter, for me anyway, does that Makes with this. Makes you go, like, who is well, What would it be like if there was a... Like, you could you could have done a whole fucking thing with... And I think at least this, pulled... If not even this world that Carpenter created, yeah. with Snake Plissken in this world, or other characters in it. Like, he creates such a rich, layered world fuck in the first 15 minutes yeah you want to see what like i want uh i want to know more yeah of what the fuck went on and you don't here. get a lot more you get just enough more like no no and, and there's some information i'm going to share with you when we hit trivia for this one that that'll be kind of interesting oh sweet yeah but uh, you look at this and go oh so there's this giant underground network of trains that just hit these cities from state to state Big I'm population like, yeah um, but I think they cut that because it almost humanized him too much, and the, they did not. The yeah. deleted scene. Yeah, they yeah. Didn't, I remember he didn't hearing want, about that. He didn't want. He didn't want him too, too humanized. Yeah, like, too, too, too sympathetic. Too I weak. Think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but going on forty-two years now, this movie being <laughs> as old as this is, and I think that it has some of the most spectacular in-camera special effects that hold up 
incredibly well. I think you told me at one point he spent, just like with Halloween, he spent most of his money on camera for this. Maybe um, a little possibly. bit. I'm not entirely sure w- with that, but just, like, yeah, Dean so... Cundy, I think it's still D- Dean Cundy territory with him. With I remember this. there's some establishing shots, just city shots, uh, and you just get that fucking lens flare that you just know J.J. Abrams just as pants because they created it naturally without having to Oh, there's the another. Effect. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back to J.J. Abrams here when I hit trivia, too, because okay. there's something else that's kind of interesting with that. But this um, definitely all the started... practical and mini- miniatures on this are just fucking incredible was with it, this movie. Uh, I think he probably was out of his. No, I remember. I think I remember reading somewhere uh, James Cameron yeah. did, did matte the, painting. The, matte painting, yeah, yeah. for that shot of him coming in yeah that and i think a couple other shots but he did a lot of the the matte paints and so he was uh another roger corman graduate uh, graduate (laughs) and that's so cool to know that before he got his start he was doing other shit after corman before he ended up doing terminator and so i think that's really cool that he started in visual effects in in that respect and it just looks so incredible but they do um, they look so fucking good um, so conceptually, can you imagine the task it took to build the wall around Manhattan? <laughs> There's a Trump joke here. Where no, like gonna, I, I know, I, but no, I, I really gonna say, like, <laughs> we're going to build a wall around Manhattan and we're going to get New Jersey and Connecticut to pay for and it. I, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and say you lived in Manhattan and there were over 7 million people living in Manhattan in like the late 80s, almost 16 million people, specifically in New York City. How long do you think it took them to build that wall? Two years? Like, you see the writing on the wall, literally. (laughs) How how do you not get the fuck out of Dodge before construction is completed? Like, do they make an announcement? Hey, by the way, guys, uh, in a couple of years... Your government is here. You're being evicted. (laughs) You're being evicted. And we're going to send every fuck up that has ever done anything to your city. You might want to relocate. Mrs. Finkelstein, you now live in Kansas. (laughs) What, what, what? Bill Rogers, you now live in Philadelphia. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, move now. See, that would be, I mean, that'd probably be almost like geopolitical, almost like an Andor type show, but like <laughs> you could show like the pre, the prelude that led up to that. Like, yeah, that would be an interesting, like, you could mini get series. so many interesting fucking stories out of that. Like, this is the lead Not up like to Andor. Escape from New York. Yeah. You could, <laughs> yeah. Not like Andor. I understand you don't like Andor. You know they're doing know. a season two of that. Yeah, they're doing two. What it's, the fuck? It'll be a lot. Um, I think it involves more years pass in the second season. But anyway, neither yeah. here nor there. We're not going to have an argument about Andor and how much you don't like it. And I thought it was pretty good. But Lisa found she's probably in the middle where part of it she was fascinated with and part of it she was like, this is dragging on. I think the political stuff with Mon Mothma really bothered her. It took too I didn't long. Get, I, I didn't get, get past like three or four episodes. I know. Um, cut, so, that, cut that, cut that, cut that. So um, do you think the digital watch timer on his wrist, could that be any bigger? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it is com- 1981 technology. It is comparable in size to y'all that wear the fucking smarch now or whatever the fuck Lord, it's Good lord, like it's like it's probably four inches long. 
on his wrist. And it's just an LED readout. And it's just so he can push the button so he can see how much time before the capsules well, explode in his neck. And they probably had to make it a little bigger so they could photograph it. Probably. But it's still, like, could that be any bigger? Well, it could be. But we're but not see, like, make it. I like the big... I've always been a sucker for the big, wide Yeah, you've bracelet. had that leather... I had, a, I had a long I time. I had a phase, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Lee Van Cleef has this bitchin' leather bracelet on that I think is just fucking timeless. It yes, just says, like, it does. Hey, I'm cool, but I'm also kind of a badass. You know, like, I might smoke a little grass. I might sling a little dope on the side. <laughs> but, you know, I might also bust out the guitar and play some sweet jams. Um, you don't know. And he's got you, an earring. Yeah. Did you ever notice, too, that the guy that ends up having the president's like uh gps device is actually the dude that's in like back to the future the the no. bum it's oh, the guy that's yeah. getting the shit beaten out of him crazy drunk drivers him red same dude yeah i knew that yeah yeah i saw that because <laughs> he also he's also in they live we talked about that in the previous episode several calls yeah. ago they live call back um but did it seem like pliskin hijacked the wagon queen family truckster station wagon <laughs> Like, it looked an awful lot, except it had, like, bars on the window, on yeah. the windows. Like, it looked like the, the family Growling truckster. family truckster? Right. <laughs> With the uh, optional rally pack? Right. <laughs> Rumble pack. No, it was rally, Rum- rally, rally pack. pack. Rally pack. <laughs> Do you think Eugene Levy sold that? <laughs> I, think he probably just, I think he probably just got it peeled off the lot at gunpoint. <laughs> With or without his eyebrows. Optional, <laughs> uh, optional bullet holes. Uh, what doesn't work? Very little. I'll spoil it for you. Very uh, little. I put down here, Mike, look, I love this movie. I always have. But I feel this movie has always had a bit of a pacing issue. Just a little bit. Even for a movie that's only about 98 minutes long, I still feel like it's a couple l- of spots. You could probably shave second yeah. here, second there, maybe. Uh, but I feel like sometimes it's a little long-winded, or it takes a bit longer to get where it needs to go. Once um, he gets Carpenter. inside New York, but that's Carpenter. Um, I wonder how many people actually have a cobra snake tattoo like Pliskin, just real big right there on their fucking tummy. Like, <laughs> would you ever get one like that? No, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I got plenty. I don't need that one. <laughs> Um, right here on my tummy. Where do you think it goes down to? Where the rest of your snake is? My trouser snake. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it, it might be a little. They could, they could, they could probably lose. I could shave five minutes off of it. Probably five. minutes. And I think yeah. it would in, but improve not, a little bit of the pace. But watching it this time around, it didn't bother me as much. No, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. I think the more viewings I give um, this film, the less impatient I get with it. It's and it's a short movie. It's it's that's what I was going to say. It's a tight story. It is. The effects hold up really well, like you said. It's shot expertly. It's lit beautifully. Um, and they don't saddle him with. A, a female love interest or a love interest in, in general he, he there's not some like baggage he has to keep up with like oh no not know. really he does i mean for what about two minutes there just because she was dating him uh she bums a smoke and then she gets sucked into the ground by the oh right in the chock full of nuts girl dwellers. i think is what they call her or something yeah. like that more like chock full of flavor like, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> for those that don't know that's a news radio joke uh, I coughed up something that was, that was uh, resembled escargot. Resembled escargot. 
Um, that's probably my favorite thing that they didn't do is they didn't put a fuck scene in it. No, and it didn't need it. It didn't. No, it, most movies don't. No, but they have to put some sort of love interest for some yeah, like, reason. Come on, let's show some titties. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. you know what gets well, you put asses in the seats is titties on the screen. Adrian Barbeau, um, and that's that's all the like TNA yeah, you need. Correct. But she's not just there for TNA. Like she is like basically brains boss because <laughs> she is you know uh, she's in it because she's John Carpenter's wife at the time. That too. <laughs> And She's she, good at it, though. And I believe she, at one point Carpenter was either dating or married to Deborah Hill, who produced the movie. Uh-huh. So that's got to be some weird chemistry going on on that fucking set. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, Nathan, those Hollywood types, they all suck and fuck each other. <laughs> brown Derby or the Turd Brown or whatever it's called. The Cleveland Steamer? The Cleveland Steamer. I don't well, know. That's, that's, the car, that's, that's the car wash that's next door. That's gross. <laughs> uh, I did not do a two-sentence summary. I forgot. It wouldn't have been funny, though, because... I swear to God, if you don't do it next week, you're going to trade music uh, intros with me, <laughs> and you're getting the fucking Looney Tunes shit. Let me look and see. Maybe I mixed it up. Oh, did you? I don't think oh, I no. did. Oh, no. I bet you you didn't. I bet you you forgot. No, I sure... Because you're a bastard. <laughs> I sure didn't I sure didn't remember. <laughs> Woo-hoo, I forgot. <laughs> um, I... I may or may not give you mine for next uh, for the uh, second movie. No, Dick. here I'll do one. John Carpenter gives life to a dystopian future you and I don't want to be in. Escape from New York, more like Escape from St. Louis because it's cheaper. <laughs> now I must give full credit where it's due. While I was setting that up, Nathan actually. Uh, said that I said escape from New York more like escape from St. Louis it's cheaper you just said you just said escape from St. Louis Louis is cheaper cheaper. yeah that's what funnier than what I said (laughs) either way Uh, (laughs) flight plans much cheaper take take a bow okay get the fuck off stage (laughs) get out of here that's my uh on the the fly (laughs) two cents summary I'll take it (laughs) now you can hear mine for the next movie excellent uh so yeah not a lot doesn't work for me I, I agree. It's the more times I watch this film, the more it easily flows. I do notice it, this kind of, I think, is one. Here, I'll make that louder for you. Um, what? It's one of those that I think you have to grow up watching because Jamie has said a couple of different times. I've been like, hey, do you want to watch Escape from New York? She's like, yeah. But she's out before halfway mark because it's a it's a. Yeah. It's a it's a different kind of sci-fi. I it would, is. Oh yeah, it's so. hardly sci-fi. It's but it kind of falls in the sub-genre of sci-fi of dystopian kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely not a horror, which is what Carpenter sometimes does best. I mean, but it's yeah. definitely got elements because I yeah. mean, like a another fucking a great sequel side story to this, whatever you want to call it, would be like having to send somebody in there to deal with those fuckers that live just underground. <laughs> That yeah, pull, uh, that what, pull, hell, that, what was her name? His girl. She even got a credit. She did because she was fucking. Do you want Kurt me Russell. to? Do you want me to look up what her character? I know I have. Not to. her character. I just want to know her name. Oh, her her name. It's like a, a cool name. Is it? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you here. It's in a like moment. it's cool. Milky Johnson or something. <laughs> that sounds gross. Skybeam Simpson. <laughs> Penis Man Jones. Probably not her name. <laughs> Probably 
Season Hubley. Girl in chock full of nuts is how she's listed. <laughs> I wonder if that's how he wrote her in the script with Nick Castle. By the way, did you know Nick Castle was the other screenwriter? No shit. Yeah. So the Probably shape. Probably did, but yeah. Yeah. The three things that I Nick like Castle the now this, is I like for. the way this script is shaping up. Actually, I think what Nick Castle did I, is he I added I demand humor. you acknowledge that joke. <laughs> prick. Prick. Yeah, I am a prick. That was good. That wasn't the... Uh, <laughs> Response you that were wasn't waiting. the dynamite response I thought you were going to come on, come in with there. You're like, I'll have something. So the computer fucked up right at the perfect spot on that. Nathan was like, Oh, I'll I'll do a thing. It'll be funny. No, and I never said that. I don't know what you're talking about. Ass. What's your favorite line or scene? Uh, By the way, let me just back up. Okay. I love that the elevator on Tower 1 still works. Yeah, right? After what's, it's been uh, nine years since they shut New York down. Right. And the fucking the elevator fact that they, Well, works. I mean, the, yeah. And look, I, I know it's not... You figured it would just been one way once. <laughs> right. Right. It's not as big a deal in other parts of the world, but uh, the imagery of a plane flying toward nine uh, toward the, the towers is, yeah. is pretty stirring for Americans. Yeah. Uh, Even 20-plus years later? Hell well, yeah, just is. that it's like, if you put that in a movie now, people would be like, don't put that in the movie. Don't it's gonna, that it's going to yeah, piss people just, off. It's gonna, it's a it's a thing. But, yeah, that always... It's, it's a little unsettling. Yeah, yeah. Still. Um, my favorite line is uh, the exchange towards the end between Bob Hauk and Pliskin. It's like, you're going to kill me, Snake? Not now. I'm too tired. Maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to find that drop. I could not find that drop anywhere. But it was just that. I tried, dude. Because this isn't like. There's not. This is a. If you want this, if you want a Kurt Russell quote machine, John Carpenter movie, The Thing. Or. Big Trouble in Little China. Correct. This is a favorite scenes movie. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of dialogue. No. And then again, like I said, his dialogue isn't isn't quippy or quotable no. or funny. Call me snake. Yeah. Other than that, or but, call me Pliskin. Um, my favorite scenes or shots in this are the miniatures and the special effect shots because they're so, they're noticeable, but they're noticeable in a way where you're like fucking a man. Like that is any behind that the is, scenes like anybody who has access to behind the scenes uh stuff for that film I would recommend watching that Yeah because you After realize the film. what they go through because there are shots like I got a book for Christmas last year about the making of Escape from New York and it's it's really awesome just to look at just the production pictures that they made of yeah. while they were making the movie and how detailed the miniatures of the island of Manhattan yeah. were for all of those buildings at the time. And it's just like the fact that they put up tape around the buildings uh -huh. to create that shot because they didn't have computer generated anything. Yeah. Everything was animated. They, like the intro when you see that stuff, that's all animated. Sure. It's not computer animated the computer the computer control shit in his right. plane i'm jerking it's off all, yeah yeah <laughs> playing with playing with myself One that's of the right uh that's pretty funny um that's animated right the, the all the shit in the plane like that's just that not that i'm not saying that there's not artistry in somebody doing it digitally in the completely within but the, the digital fact that realm. they had to do it before that existed what did yeah. we do that's, i think it's 
do I want? I don't even want to say it's more or less artistic. But I'm, if I'm being honest, I think it's more artistic because you're using real shit and you're using your hands. It's, yep. It's it's probably not any more or less. I'm not artistic. discrediting anything regarding CGI, but I have it takes more. Just I just, as much, but I have just I have more respect craft. for by hand animation and in camera effects. Yeah. Uh, they get shit done. So, did you have a? A magic wand, or did you did you recast the movie? Um, I did a magic wand, and it's nothing crazy, nothing funny. Um, I would uh, I hate to say the word prequel, um, or like how did but how did we get here? I kind of thing. How did we get here? Would be cool. We've talked about a couple of things there. Um, I, I don't want to see a young snake Pliskin and. Whenever you talk about this movie and you say the word sequel, if you've got any sort of memory, you remember the sequel that they made, which was not great. No, it wasn't even. I haven't gone back to it. Some people no, say, it's, oh, it's cheesy, but it's not bad. It's I'm like, cheesy. the problem is, is um, I think what probably would bother me more than anything else is the visuals, because then they were starting to rely more on, on digital, on digital and CGI stuff, which I think I would really like to hurt see that movie. Um. Something like in, um, oddly enough, in St. Louis or Kansas City, like maybe where Snake went after this. Yeah. Um, but the sequel I actually want is called The Burton Brothers. It's uh, I make I made it up. Okay. A while back, uh, it's all within like a John Carpenter universe. But they pull Snake Plissken in again to retrieve some such MacGuffin, like nuclear codes or some shit. Um. It is such like a MacGuffin in this movie too. They crashed or were stolen by some group of eco terrorists or some hippies in Northern California. I don't know. Right, <laughs> it's your pick. Um, but then you get the quote in the trailer, like "We're not sending you in alone, Pliskin." And then uh, they give him a partner. Well, yeah, they give him a partner. But then you then it cuts. It's like, but we're not sending you in alone, Pliskin. <laughs> Smash cut black screen and then you see jack burton and you see them both in unison say like oh what's he doing here so it's jack burton <laughs> and snake plissken he's a part of, is was, were they both a, yeah no no i get that the burton brothers um were they a part of your yes your five-man team yeah. bubblegum squad bubblegum squad that's what it was called yeah but like you figure out like grandma's name was plissken <laughs> I hate, you know. Why'd you take the why maternal do you, Why name? do you why talk you, like that? Like, you, Jack's just always busting his chops because it's like, his eye works fine. He's, yeah, I he can see his, through that. Yeah, yeah. I, I poked his eye once when we were in eighth grade, and he's acted like he's been blind in it ever since. Whatever, you know. You could have fun with it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying make it a fucking 48 hours. But it would work. That would be interesting to have basically a buddy cop type of get in get out in 24 or 48 hours between you know, yeah and call it 24 cur- hours cur- <laughs> <laughs> right snake pliskin is burp, 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 kurt burp. russell is snake pliskin and kurt russell is jack burton <laughs> jack burton they're brothers from the same mother <laughs> but they don't like, like each, each other, other. <laughs> this summer the burton brothers this film is not yet rated. Little Trouble in St. Louis. <laughs> this, this film is not yet rated for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> the age of 17. Tom Atkins would have to be in it again. 
Ooh, Tom Atkins could be their dad. And you know Tom Atkins was in this one. As I well. know Tom Even Atkins only was just in this for one. just a bit, but just enough. Tom Atkins would be their dad. We named the dog Pliskin. <laughs> you know? I like it. I'd watch that. Limited series, like four, five, um, six episodes? Or would you just do it as a movie? 90 to 120 minutes. You know what? Four to six episodes could be almost too much. It, it's not, it doesn't yeah. lend itself episodic. Yeah. It could go a little longer because... Unless it's going to be like 30-minute episodes. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> you, Snake would say something like, be like in the office, and Snake would be like, "He used to be the quiet one. Now I won't shut up. He used to be the quiet one, and I was the cut up. Whatever. I've always wanted to see that, and like it doesn't have to be Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell, but it would be no, it would be fun. For no one to else play can play against old himself. Jack Burton. Yeah, but mine was not as creative, but I recast. The characters. Okay. Which characters? Uh, I recast uh, Snake, the police commissioner, Cabby, um, president, the president, the Duke, Brain, Maggie, and Romero, which is the dude with the kind of spiky hair. To everybody. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, for Snake Plissken, I thought the Charlie Hunnan dude in Sons of Anarchy. Um, Would he do it with his proper fucking accent instead of Yeah, I'd want British. Okay. Yeah. Um. Call me Snake. <laughs> That's, That's more Statham. Yeah, I wouldn't want him that. Uh, I put Ron Perlman as the police commissioner, Hauk. So, two for two so far, Sons of Anarchy. Katie Sagal? Well, I never thought. Katie Sagal is... No, no, no. <laughs> I, you know what? I wasn't even making that connection with the Sons of Anarchy and Perlman. I wasn't even thinking about that. Okay. Uh, for Cabby, I picked uh, Michael Pena. Who is the comedic relief in like Ant the Ant Man movies? He's been in some other stuff. Um, I picked James Spader as President John Harker. <laughs> okay, I was trying to think of someone that you well, you couldn't is, completely trust. Well, he's old now, so yes, I guess yeah. I I still think of him in uh, what was that movie where he was the douchebag? Oh, that one. Uh, there's so many. Which no, one? The one it was the Brat Pack movie. Oh, um, yeah. Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink, yeah, yeah. Blair, his name was Blair. Correct. Yeah. For the Duke? Blair's a girl's name. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not, definitely not a guy's name. Um, for the Duke? Be big. Idris Elba. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> British? For, uh, why or, not? Who it, gives a shit? I could see him do... I could see him He do, could do either. I could do, see him do British or I could see him do a Stringer Bell accent. Again, yeah, we've yeah. been watching that would be fucking fine. a lot of The Wire. Again? Recently. Okay, nice. Uh... For man, let me just sit with that for a minute. That's fucking. Would he wear the same like costume, or would he wear something like? <laughs> Why he can not? wear both. Why he not? could pull off either way. He could pull off either way. Um, Fuck yeah. Uh, for um, brain, uh huh. I picked Bill Hader. Okay, I, that one was kind of a difficult one to clock in for. Um, Harry Dean Stanton just plays the role. Bill Hader would he would do he would do some he sort would of do, voice. He would probably do to do Harry Dean Stanton's voice. He just he annoys me. Does he? He's, okay. Yeah, he's okay, but he. Uh, um, for Maggie, I picked Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For those that don't know, if you've seen like the after party on Apple TV, would be the first thing that I would pick um, for you to realize. I know her. But I She's, don't know what I would have seen her in. Um, and then for Romero, <laughs> that's obvious. That's an obvious nod on purpose. 
from the character's name Romero. Sure. Um, uh, David Franco. <laughs> Wait, who's David Franco? James Franco's brother. That's what I thought. What's he been in? <laughs> Besides family pictures. 21 which... Jump Street. He uh, played one of the... Yeah. That's an annoying character. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That is how I would have recast it. That's not bad. Nah, it was all right. Um, so, trivia. Yes. So every character that says, I heard you were dead to Snake, dies. dies. No shit. Yep. I never noticed that. I never noticed it either, but that's what happens when you pull up some IMDb trivia. (laughs) (laughs) But it makes sense. That's cool. Uh, Nick Castle, actually, when he was brought in, he added a little bit of levity and humor to the script and created the character that Ernest Borgnine plays, Cabby. Um, which is, in many ways, most of the comedic relief, if you really think about it. <clears throat> Cabby is yeah. pretty much the comedic relief. Um, the shot where the helicopter flies over Central Park was actually filmed in San Fernando, California. The buildings in the background were matte paintings by James Cameron. That's awesome. Yeah. Carpenter originally wrote the film between 74 and 76. So he was fucking As off. a reaction to the Watergate scandal. I was going to say he was fucking off Nixon. Right. Okay. Uh, no studio wanted to make it because it, it was deemed too dark and too violent. And that changed after the, uh, after the success of Halloween in 1978. Isn't that crazy? They're like, oh, maybe we like this idea after all. Well, thanks, Dick. Uh, the Night Street scenes were filmed in East St. Louis, which obviously we've already made Roll a comment up. to that. Yeah. Fuck your mama. Across the Thank you very much. <laughs> Mississippi River from St. Louis, Missouri. East St. Louis is filmed with old rundown buildings, and the entire neighborhood uh, was burned out during a massive fire in 76, which was – there's just there were just blocks and blocks and blocks they of were, burned out buildings. They were getting they ready used. to demolish it and I build, right? I think so. If not, they weren't far from it, and it was just one of those things where it's cheaper in St. Louis <laughs> – and it looks like this I just huge a, metropolis. I just pictured a tourism push from the like the tourism bureau of Missouri. Like it's cheaper in St. Louis. <laughs> the beer, the women, the water are here. It's cheaper in St. Louis. Hey, why not? Just go across the Mississippi. Who's a famous person from Missouri? Wyatt Earp. <laughs> sure. Played by Kurt Russell. <laughs> so they get Kurt Russell for the commercial. <laughs> It's cheaper in St. Louis. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the advertising campaign in the eighties. Fuck eighties now. Yeah. Um, Carpenter and his crew convinced St. Louis authorities to shut off the electricity for ten blocks at night. So they ran their own power then. Yeah, That's for lighting, so they could light what they needed to light. Sure. Um, and Russell. Based his performance off of Clint Eastwood. Man with no name or just Eastwood in general? It said Clint Eastwood specifically, which makes sense. That's what he was trying to do. Um, Although appearing as uh, president of the United States, Donald Pleasance still retains his unmistakable British accent, which is not very strong, but it's it's there. It could almost be New England. Correct. According to Carpenter, uh, Pleasance possibly feeling self-conscious about his accent suggested the script include a backstory to explain... His glaring constitutional faux pas. 
Pleasance came up with the idea of a dystopian United States having rejoined the British Empire, in which case the president no longer needed a natural-born citizen. Carpenter thought the idea was interesting, but would be both distracting and unnecessary, so he just did his thing, and no one ever really knew why Pleasance was the president and why he sounded like he was from England. <laughs> I mean, just like, what did Spielberg say to... Um who wrote Jaws? Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley. I've got him for an hour and a half. I'll have him for the the last bit. Yeah. No if, one. If if if, 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 if got, I got him for the first ninety minutes, yeah, I'll I'll get him to the end. If, no if you've got me with the bulk of this movie, I don't care that the president has a Guess quasi. Guess what? I'm blowing face. up the shark. It's going to work, and people are going to fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. No one cares. No. It was a little weird, but no one cares. Not, just, again, not entirely. Just, I mean, maybe I watched too much Mash growing up. Because there was a New Englandish character in the shit, the last seven seasons of Mash, Winchester. Mm-hmm. And he was a upper crust northeast blue blood, and right. he had that accent, and gotcha. that's, that's what it. Yeah. So it's what it always reminded me of. It didn't bother me. Uh, studio executives wanted Tommy Lee Jones for the role of Snake Plissken in 1980. Like, did anybody really know how? Yes, Plissken. Yeah, no. no. But he was considerably younger, and so I don't think it necessarily would have worked. I don't but care. I, I don't care. I think it was probably off the success of Coal Miner's Daughter. Sure it was. I guess. Um, he would have been almost, almost... He just looks like a cop. Tommy Lee Jones yeah. did in Coal Miner's seen, Daughter. Have you ever seen Rolling Thunder? That was late 70s, or is it early 80s? Um, I think... It was a Paul Schrader film, revenge type of movie. Mm. And I believe Tommy Lee Jones is one of the war buddies that goes and exacts revenge on the people that murdered his family or whatever. This dude's got like a hook for a hand because he loses his hand. But they have called him Pl- Pliskin? Right. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they didn't think that Kurt Russell was right for the role at the time. And I get it because he was a Disney. He came up under Disney. But he'd done the thing, and he'd no, done... No, uh... not yet. This is 81. 82 was the thing. This oh, was like, okay. outside of Carpenter worked with uh, Russell five total times, and it started with a TV movie, like a two-part TV movie. Elvis? Him playing Elvis. Um, so that's where their relationship began, and so when he wanted to do... So they did Escape Elvis, New- they did Escape from New, New York, York, The Thing, thing. Um, Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China, and then there was a time... Stretch until they got to escape from L.A. The last one, yeah, the last time they worked con- together was the yeah, shittiest. Right? Man. Their, their commentary tracks are fun to listen to because it seems like they still kind of pal around a bit. And uh-huh. so them just bantering back and forth, watching a movie that Carpenter directed and That'd be Russell's fun. in. Those are fun to watch when you have the opportunity to do that. Um in 81, Bantam Books published a movie tie-in novelization written by Mike McQuay that adopts a lean, humorous style reminiscent of the film. The novel is significant because it includes scenes that were cut out of the film, such as the Federal Reserve depository robbery that results in Pliskin's incarceration. The novel provides motivation and backstory to Snake and Hauk, both disillusioned war veterans, deepening their relationship that was only hinted at in the film. Like, there's this... Conflict, but you you don't know what that conflict is, and you don't need to. And you I don't think need it, to. I think but it works with a book. 
You're going to dig into that some more. And so the novel explains how Snake lost his eye during the Battle of Leningrad in World War III, because that's what was going on at the time. How uh, Hauk uh, became warden of New York and Hauk's quest to find his crazy son who lives somewhere in the prison. The novel fleshes out the world these characters exist in at times presenting a future even bleaker than the one that's depicted in the film. The book explains that the West Coast is a no-man's land and that the country's population is gradually being driven crazy by nerve gas as a result of World War III. Care to wonder how much a trade paperback of that book is going for on eBay right now? $210. Between $85 and $125 because it's been out of print for probably 35 to 40 years. Damn, I'd almost pay 80 bucks for that. I almost would, but did not. If it had been half the price, maybe 40 bucks. I What's it definitely... called? Is it just Escape from New York? Yeah. Okay. You just have to look for um, Bantnam Book because that's who the publisher was Did you send time. me that link? Uh, yeah. And then regarding J.J. Abrams. Oh, yes. J.J. Abrams is who suggested that the shot of Maggie's corpse under the Duke's car be added after principal photography was done because you did not see that at first. And so it was not 100% clear. Was he on set for this? He was 15 years old at the time and a son of a movie producer. Jesus Christ. Abrams got to see an early rough cut of the movie, and he said that there needed to be an extra shot of Maggie that establishes she was definitely dead because before that you weren't 100% certain that he got plowed down by the Duke's car. Huh. That's a weird connection, though, right? That's cool. I know, right? <laughs> Shut up, kid. But you got that right. You got that right. Uh, yeah, that we, we need to go do that. that shot. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You stupid little shit. Did you kid? take all those notes? <laughs> You heard what he said, right? We need $15,000 to shoot this (laughs) extra. Can we do it? Yeah. Because this movie did not cost a lot of money. I think it was only a couple million dollars, but it made at least 10. And so it made a fair amount of money back from its budget. Gave Carpenter a bit more clout to do the thing, which then sucked him dry. Yeah. Uh, He did the thing and... I hate working for the studios. Was that it? Your trivia? Mm-hmm. Does this still hold up? Final thought. Uh, Carpenter, who never shied away from expressing his views on the changing political climate at that time, did it subtly with Escape from New York. I think this was... It wasn't like ham-fisted, you know, but it was... Not at all like it, he did with uh, uh, No, that was, that was They Live. <laughs> That's what I've <laughs> Seven years later, it was not so subtle what they live. <laughs> Pliskin is very much Carpenter's avatar. He has always been a Hollywood outsider living on the fringes of the studio system. Escape from New York is a brilliantly executed high concept B action movie with not a ton of action, but just enough. But it's very much high concept for a B movie. But it's it really plays as that. And I think it works best as a high concept B action movie. Um, with its limited budget, I think Carpenter, Dean Cundy, and Joe Alves, who is the production designer for Jaws, took advantage of its small budget by thinking outside of the box and into a completely separate uh, city and state to make this film look absolutely grand in scale. Because that burned out East St. Louis 
just it makes it look like holy shit where did they film this you exactly. know at the no, time it, it, that, you think that, he shot this in new york or just a giant pinewood studios film set where they had a mile of backlot right which they didn't they had a mile of burned out city <laughs> um and because of the care that this team took over 40 years ago it's the reason why this film still holds up so well today i think that this is easily his top five if not top three films that he's done well i agree there gene and what i want to say is <laughs> thumbs up <laughs> two thumbs up i liked it no i uh, i remember i remember my mom bringing this home and i remember watching it and not quite the same wrapped attention that you paid to pulp fiction but i was like what the fuck is going on here what and did I, I just see yeah i have loved it since the first time i saw it uh, fuck 30 years ago now um it's literally, it, it might give you a little bit extra time to think about what he's setting up, but it's yeah. set it up, knock it down storytelling. There's nothing, there's no crazy side to side shit that you have to wrap your head around. There's no weird world building that you have to go like, oh, okay, in this world, the rocks can breathe as well. There's none of that weird shit. It's just, it's an escape from a prison movie. Yeah. But escape they give into you all, and then escape out yeah, of. Yeah, they <laughs> give you everything you need to know at the beginning. Everything else is fucking normal. You could make the argument that some of the technology is a little dated or like, well, that's that's easily solvable. But who fucking cares? It's not you're not setting up a fucking franchise or a miniseries. You're just you're telling a quick story. Um, it, It's we kind of talked about it earlier. It's one of those kind of hard to define movies. Is it sci fi? Yeah. Is it action? Also, also yeah. yeah. Is it it's noir? A, yeah. Noir. Yeah. yeah. Is it an escape movie? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, absolutely. And it ticks them all like for like 101%. It, it doesn't go over the top, but it nope. just hits it just right, just on just or like just past Carpenter, that mark. Just like Carpenter does. It's, yeah. it's right to the top. It's never over the top. It's fucking perfect. I love this movie. It still holds up. Absolutely. Let's go down under. <laughs> In the future, cities will become deserts. Roads will become battlefields. And the hope of mankind will appear as a stranger. The Road Warrior. Rated R. Starts May 21st at the Man's Vogue Hollywood in Man's National Westwood. So, the Road Warrior... In Westwood. In Westwood. Somewhere in Hollywood. That guy sounds like he's got some Xanax or something. Maybe some lewds. No marbles, though, right? <clears throat> no marbles. The Road Warrior would, would make me think that somewhere in the dystopian future outback of New South Wales, there is a happening leather daddy scene. <laughs> the happening... They those cats are all duded up. Okay, asses out. My first line was, "Is this the, fit as a fiddle and ready for love?" Look, is this like the? It's like the only people that survived the Mad Max universe were the people that dominated in the S and M underground, and they were all glad to finally be out in the open wearing their studded collars, leather and chains, football shoulder pads, and assless chaps. Like, I can see George Miller in a writer's room talking out the plot and building the world like, what were Australians really into just before things went to shit? <laughs> they really like... Ass fucking! They like sadomasochism! Interesting. Let's run with that. 
<laughs> I mean, that's like. Sorry for are, any Australian listeners. That was. <laughs> we know that is a uh, non-existent stereotype. Fosters, Australian for beer. <laughs> a friend of mine actually once said Fosters, Australian for um, uh, American, American for Australian, Australian for beer. <laughs> Australian for American for Bud Light, <laughs> Budweiser. <laughs> What's um, the Australian version of Kid Rock? Do they um, even have one? They might. They probably. They, they Mel Gibson. They have to. It's actually, it's Mel Gibson. <laughs> That's his body of work is more impressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, most definitely. Even including the anti-Semitism, it's still better than Kid Rock. He's kind of course corrected, and yeah. he's you know, I'm he's making now. directed video stuff. Direct a video. Tell me the last movie he's been in a movie that's been oh, just when you say released. no, I'm laughing at you for saying direct a video because yeah, like it's direct. You, it is video still streaming. I mean, I guess what? It, fuck you, fuck you. How old were you the first time you saw this? Please, also Australians, New Zealanders, oh. anyone from anyone from the bottom part of the world. If which, you're listening to, to this? you, it's the top part of the world. You know, I don't mean any. If you're upside down, there. take our. Uh, Take or your our stupid, uh, ignorant knowledge of your culture with uh, the charm that we uh, intended. We, we and, love and you a guys. grain of salt. Um, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but I was probably in my late 20s. I was in my mid-early 20s. I, I think when I was younger, I, I just didn't have much interest in the Mad Max movies. The first one I saw was Beyond Thunderdome because it would, it well, would have been in 80, 1987. It, yeah, because it came out in, I think, 85. It was 85. Yeah. It was on TV on like a Sunday night Look. movie. And my dad and my uncle had been cutting up firewood. And my mom made dinner for everybody. Probably some chili. And I remember the fight scene in Thunderdome with the chainsaws. And Did the you guy, walk over and say, we don't need another hero. We don't need another bowl of chili. <laughs> and... I remember uh, Max's chainsaw goes out, and my dad looked at my uncle and he goes, "Well, he we should have used the steel because that's the brand of chainsaw my dad right. has used for S-T-I-H-L, the last." S T I H L, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, per- perhaps yeah. German. Um, steel. So Thunderdome was the first one I saw. So I was like, "This is fucking cool" because that movie is straight up for kids. Because that movie sucks ass. <laughs> as an adult. But later, when uh, oh man, and I watched him in complete backward ass order. I watched oh, Thunderdome yeah. when I was a kid. I watched this in my twenties, and I was like, "Oh, that's oh okay." Mad Max was hard to find. It was. It was a harder film to locate, and it's for a, a while. good film. Mad it's Max? just it's different. It's not. It's it's more Australian. Yeah, and it's 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 more kind of independent to a degree. Well, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Like it's just okay. it, it's it's too long. It doesn't. It doesn't kind of. It, it gets to the point. The and pace it, is slower. It, it ebbs and flows, and it it could stand. It was almost like it was a failed TV show or something. It's good. I like it, but it's no it's road, a, yeah. road warrior. Is like stand back. I got. I got this. Hold me yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. Hold my fosters. I'm not pursuing stereotypes. <laughs> I even resorted. I I even refrained from saying stand back. Can't hold me better. <laughs> But there I've said um, it, so. I just initially when these were when I saw them in the video store for some reason I just I wasn't drawn to them and I understand how you saw them backwards and yeah. it makes total sense because I, re- I remember when too. I remember because that was the year that 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 summer that that uh, Thunderdome released that was the year I moved to my new house in um, in Moorpark and I was 10 at the time and I remember that 
Tina Turner song fucking everywhere. Song is great. His song is great. Um, but I didn't have a resurgence of the interest of this type of series until they released uh, Fury Road back in 2015. Uh, don't dis- let it go. Let it go. I stop. stop. I don't know why. Just- it's just as good as all the other ones but it's regardless not. yeah not. you're wrong it's not you're wrong it's not. um i'm not but it rekindled my fascination you're to wrong, go back and bitch. revisit the films <laughs> and um thunderdome is still poop it's bad <laughs> it's not great jamie uh, one of my favorite things jamie ever said was we were watching it because i hadn't seen it in 20 25 years and she said you know they spend a lot less time trying to like refine fuel and run this town off of farts than they do <laughs> into like making this wheel, <laughs> like the wheel of how who's going to fight who. Right. Like they should spend more time off, not on this. I wheel love refining than, farts because yeah. that's kind of what they it run the was town off. Thundertown, right? It's fucking yeah. methane. It's pig yeah. farts. Yeah, pig farts. Uh, I don't think until rewatching this probably a couple years ago. That I I never really realized how much Waterworld stole from this. From this, I was about to say, you know, this is Waterworld, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like even down to the I fucking even, siege of the I could of just the see city. them. Yeah, I see them doing the. It's totally different. They're in a desert and we're in a water world. Yeah, theirs goes dun 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 dun, and ours goes dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> it's totally Tons. different. Instead of gasoline, people will hoard fresh water. We'll call it hydro. And the desire for dry land. <laughs> yeah, but at that time, I never... I mean, so when I saw Waterworld, I I didn't have a lot of knowledge at that time of the Mad Max films, which Same. then was Thunder, three. By then, for me, it was Thunder. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, the first time I saw Road Warrior, I was like, Fucking Waterworld. <laughs> I know, right? And then, I still like it, but it's I still I it's still love Waterworld. Such an, but it's it's such Waterworld. A, Waterworld it's such a clear is, ripoff. Uh, I'm sorry. I still love Waterworld, but Mad Max Two is such Some a better, better film. Move. Yeah, less dialogue, less water. Yeah, but they say yeah, I know the uh, everything about it's better. <laughs> everything about it is better. Um. So Vernon Wells is really the only other recognizable face for me when I watch this outside of Mel Gibson. And I really only know him for four roles. Okay. He's the Mohawk shoulder. Correct. Guy, right? He is plays Wes. I was going to say he's Wes, right? Okay. Yes. He plays Bennett in Commando. Yep. Okay. You know, I'll kill you last I lied. That Ben, although I don't think that was him, actually. I'm curious how many bad accents we can do in this half of the episode. I I hope not a lot. Uh, He plays Lord General in Weird Science, which is pretty much the same character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he plays Mr. Igo in Inner Space. Man, he's the villain. He's the dude that's got the interchangeable hand. Dude, I haven't seen Inner Space in probably 35 years. We might need to do a Joe Dante double feature. I wouldn't mind that. um, In the mix of our last season. Inner Space and Matinee. Yeah. We can do that. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. But I never realized that was him until I dug in and went, oh, he's the bad guy in Inner Space. I knew he was the bad guy in Commando with the chainmail shirt. Yes. There was that undertone homosexual uh, Yes, But there's no way you are a match for Schwarzenegger. 
in any stretch of the imagination. Unless you're really good at chess or something. Chest and his chainmail <laughs> shirt. Yeah, it's it's a weird. Also, it's a weird I, character. I don't. He's like he's he's, hor- he's, he's gay. Good. He's horny for Schwarzenegger's character in Commando. He's That's command- what it is. is he Commando gay? Yeah. Okay. He's Commando gay. I don't understand chainmail. It would just grab so many fucking body hairs. <laughs> Put his shirt on first. Under yeah, shirt. but then, yeah, yeah, uh, Haynes. What are you, Grogu? <laughs> chainmail. He's gonna out- he's gonna outgrow that in five or seven hundred years. <laughs> what doesn't work? Um, what did I have here? I'll tell you quick. It can be a bit drawn out in some scenes. Does it? So you feel the same way, but in the opposite way with, with this one was so fast paced to me it, compared do, to Escape what, from New York. And they're both about the same length. What makes, his faster pace, what makes his faster pace is literally that they're running at 85 miles an hour right. or whatever. But there's some scene, like if you, if you run at 85 miles per hour for too long, you get accustomed to the din of the engines right which is my that was my main problem with fury road it's just half of the movie is driving there half the movie is driving back this movie starts straight away it doesn't fuck about no one of my favorite australian sayings i heard from uh, margot robbie is we're not here to fuck spiders (laughs) it's like what are we doing we're not here to waste time yeah okay i love it i've been saying i've been saying it lately and you get strange looks from people like I'll sometimes you don't, get, you don't you don't get the strange looks I guess if you're from Australia but I guess if, I don't yeah, know yeah. I don't uh, any Aussie listeners is that an actual saying you guys well say? when you have spiders the size of cats <laughs> in, in your country we're not here to fuck spiders um uh I love that the movie just is like credits zero to sixty by George it Miller just hits boom it. and it's like go well what's nice. Also, is anybody who's watched this movie but hasn't seen Mad Max, it gives you that... You don't need to watch. Here's 30 seconds. You really don't have to watch the first film. You don't. And it you works should. that well. You, you should. should. But you don't have to in order to know what's going on. Correct. And that's what's great. But I said not much Not much with what doesn't work with this movie. Um, it's it's lean and mean. It's got minimal dialogue. Minimal. That's what draws it There's out There's probably me. less dialogue in this movie than there is in Escape from New York. Most deaf. Um, and that's what draws it out for me is that the 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 longer the scene and with no, no dialogue, one talking, yeah, it's. <gasps> can you guys please just talk to each other? Say something. Um, but I, when they do, it's fucking. There's no point. there's no wasted words in this. No, um, I think the score feels a little bit over dramatic at times. Most deaf. That's probably what what doesn't work the most for this um i think that is just in relation to also watching escape from new york back to back yeah with how minimalistic carpenter's score is this one feels like we're gonna hit you you're probably not gonna feel emotions but you're gonna feel cheese (laughs) kind of in that in that moment yeah the but it's just it's, sort it's of a, a stark comparison. There's a disparity between the the score is awesome, but it's just like it doesn't fit this movie. Really? Yeah. Well, this um, is what we paid for, so this is what we're getting. I mean, I don't hate it. No, I don't hate it either. But when you first see it for the first twenty to thirty minutes, it feels a little like really. Did you really need to emphasize that? Yes, I did. Um. I did a first for this episode. I put my trivia on my phone. Oh, wow. There's, so. a, there's a lot of it, mm. and it's wordy. You're, Ironically, it's wordy. It's it's wordy. 
Uh, what the hell do these people eat in such a desolate post-apocalyptic wasteland that is most of the Australian outback? Sand. They just make soup out of it if they have water? No. And things? They make sandwiches. <laughs> God. I can't believe I walked right into that one. You know why they don't starve in the desert? Because, <laughs> because of all the, the sandwiches sand there. Other than cans <laughs> of dog food... It, you know, eventually resources get thin and then run out, and you can only scavenge so much. What then? What can you grow in a desert to sustain a small community that Max has offered to help? That's what it's I just like one of those about, things. That's, like that's what I like about dystopian movies like this. It, they, you, they don't answer those questions. It's just we figured something out that takes the fun out of it. I know it does, but it still made me go, ah, dude. Mm, have some dog food. I ate most of it, but I'll give part of the dog food to the dog. What does get me is like, aren't you guys fucking thirsty? <laughs> right? Fuck a bunch of food. I can go. Fuck I, your gasoline. I just want some water. <laughs> I am parched. Yeah. You know? Um, You would think that some of these goons would be a bit more sunburned than they are with as much bare skin as being displayed. But they have For weird, all hours of the day. But they have weird tan lines. I know. <laughs> Especially Could humongous. you imagine how white some of the areas that are just covered with the leather bits and pieces? But you would think there'd be a little bit more red skin with the amount of exposure that they would be getting. Yeah, a ton more. Right. But they don't. Like It's like they're just conditioned to... I, I do like how... Lord Humongous. Humongous? Humongous? I think it's Humongous, but yeah. Humongous still works yeah. either way. Is he wearing a hockey mask or something he is. similar, yeah. right? He is. Is that Jason in the opposite? Like, is he bizarro Jason, but still has a hockey mask? Because he's very articulate is what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, he can speak. But there's something about that in trivia. Well, okay. Um, it's just a lot of effort. Like, the amount of guzzling you've burnt <laughs> right. just trying to take this one atoll, basically, let's call it, let's... Yeah, and whenever we say, atoll. Whenever we compare this to Waterworld, please know that we mean Waterworld ripped this movie off. Big time. Big time. But it's totally different. It's, why it's are a Waterworld. Again, it's back to Jamie's thing about why are they running, why are they spending so much time on this wheel and not not spending enough time running, not running this city off of farts? <laughs> Because they haven't gotten there yet. Why aren't they spending more time on trying to find groundwater or getting to water? Why are they? I mean, I guess it's maybe get to get to Waterland. Maybe it's (laughs) that's the third movie (laughs) where the two meet. Right. Uh, Was it some sort of commentary on like our addiction to fossil fuels? Oh, absolutely. It had to have been. I mean, because that's all. That's all this is. I mean, really. God, and if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. It's 42 years old. Spoilers. I love that twist at the end when the fucking when oh, the, the tank is filled with it, sand. It's just yeah, like they moved it the 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 gasoline in a different uh, in different vehicles. So they had no I, idea up until this last viewing. I totally forgot it had just been because I've only seen this movie about three times, and it had been a handful of years since I'd watched yeah. it last, and I totally forgot the twist at the end when the tanker. Spills on its side and it's fucking filled with sand. I had like, always just assumed. Oh yeah, that's right. I had always just assumed that so much time had passed between the tanker being filled 
I always had it in my head that it was the last tanker of gasoline on the planet, or at least in Or at least on this continent. Yeah. Right. And that it had sat for so long that it had turned to dust. And I thought the joke was on everybody. Until you see the bus with all of the other 55-gallon But isn't that a things? better ending, that the joke's on everybody? It's like, weird. there is no more gas. There is this no is more it. gas. You just risked everything. Every All these people that died, died for, for a, nothing. a tanker full of sand. Yeah. That's what I always took it as. To me, that's a more you fun. I think there's ending. a difference in weight between a tank full of gas and a tank full of sand. I know there is. <laughs> uh, Which one weighs more? The sand. The sand, yeah. Uh, but the tank full of liquid is more dangerous because it slops, sloshes. Yeah. But dirt, depending on how sandy it is, this yeah. is I'm a landscaper, uh, forty hours a week. Uh, sand will actually move as a liquid. That makes sense if you yeah. give it enough inertia. Yeah. So it's just as dangerous. Because it hits yeah. you and doesn't go it around sloshes you. as well. It's it sloshes, but it, it, slosh. it doesn't hit you and go around you like a liquid. It hits you and then like, it goes around like concusses you. you yeah. And, yeah, I mean, okay. water concusses you too. Yeah, but, in a different way. But yeah, it's uh. So there was another note that I put in here when I was watching this, and I was just like, the Australian stunt driver and stunt person is just an entirely different and special breed of crazy. First of all, the Australian tough guy is a completely different breed Breed of version of human. human. Right. Fucking mad they are. Right. Yeah. But... They're incredible. Those, like, I don't have a favorite. I don't, see I don't at, have a favorite line or favorite scene. This whole fucking movie is a stunt show spectacular. Yeah, it like, is. This this movie got made the same way Russians got into space. Someone's gonna die, and you need to be fucking okay with it. <laughs> That's it. It is. A we'll right. put your name bigger in the credits than the rest of the fucking cunts on the movie. By three points. By That's th- it. Sure. <laughs> we might even dedicate it to you, okay? Right. But fucking bravo. I know. I don't want anybody to- The balls to, yeah. on the size of the guys and gals and whatever that did the stunts in this movie yeah. is fucking insane. <laughs> it's, like, Fury I Road, don't- Fury Road was that. I yeah. know. Like, some people died- or were injured during that as well. And again, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. I don't don't put yourself at risk. I but mean, the I know fact that you're just the inherent job description of a stunt person is to put yourself at risk, but there's still parameters to keep them there's, safe. Yeah, there's still safety but parameters. Not in 1981 <laughs> when they filmed this movie. And like the cars, I know they were they were rigged up, I'm sure, movie rigged cars, but they were still just fucking busted ass how many like how many stunt people were buried out in the desert that no one knows about because of this movie or just left out for the birds to have out right. and mummified and that's what it feels like that like there's this undercurrent of yeah there we, we killed 12 people making this movie <laughs> but no one ever knew like the dark history of the, the road d- warrior <laughs> like dead in the desert <laughs> the story of mad max 2 because it's Cunts, fucking, it's all nuts. dead and desert. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry, Australian listeners. For uh, you know what, I'm I'm not going to read this last line. Does it say the word cunt? No. Uh, Damn. What it was is my my two sentence summary. Well, you have to read it. I made one up. No, no. I said I'm not going to read this note because I think it bleeds into. You help me with mine. I'll help you with yours. Put the word cunt in it, <laughs> but say cunt. No, you know what? It doesn't. 
Here's here's my line, and then I'll give you my two second summary. Okay. It just doesn't have cunt in it. <laughs> I can't help but laugh every time I fucking hear. It's funny. Well, it's like a, it's like a weird amalgamation of like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Porky, like Pig. Porky Pig all at once. And you know that's you my watch, childhood. Do you watch it, Picard at all? No. Okay. It's it's like what's going on with Data, right? Okay, now. great. Uh, my my initial. You're welcome, line, Brandon. <laughs> this is for. For a world where fuel is in short supply, or at least on this continent, everyone sure does burn through a lot of it just to get more of it, don't they? Oh. That was my that was my note. It was just like, what the fuck? Like, how much can you burn just to get more to burn? If you if you think about this is what Australians are doing for fuel. Imagine what the <laughs> Americans, Americans are, are doing. doing. Uh, no, okay. The fucking country must be on fire. Okay, so <laughs> this is my actual two second summary. Two second, two sentence summary. Mm-hmm. Mel Gibson battles a gang of S and M rejects in order to help a community in need, just so he can fill his tank of ga- with gas. Cunt, <laughs> cunt. <laughs> also, they kill his dog. Oh, do they? Yeah, they kill his dog. There's, I'll, I'll have a lot. Okay, about, I have a lot okay, because I don't, I didn't realize that. I'm like, he looked like a very young radar. Yeah, so any of, you off, listeners, yeah. any of you listeners don't know, uh, Jamie and I have had a dog for the last nine years. He's still he's still fine. He's old, but he's uh, he's part uh, Australian cattle dog. Yeah, like uh, Max's dog here, whose name was Dog. Um. So uh, yeah, when they killed the dog, oh, I don't. Jamie wow, did not. I must, like maybe it. I. They don't show it. Okay. Well, I must have. But there's fun bits blacked of, out when I when that happened because I don't recall. There's a fun bit of trivia about okay. the dog, which we'll get to eventually. What was your magic wand recap? Well, hold on. I do actually have a favorite line or a favorite scene. Oh, because mine was just because it's hard. The but this one large. got the. I think this one got the biggest laugh out of me. Okay. So if you guys aren't uh, keeping score, uh, Nathan has a clip from a movie with 14 lines of dialogue. Uh, uh, Nathan, go for it. How's the rig? The rig! How is she? Got a cracked timing case cover and it's broken a couple of teeth off the timing gears. Got a cracked timing case cover, it's broken a couple of teeth off the timing gear. Yeah, the radiator's damaged the core. The radiator's damaged at the core. Got a cracked water pump. It's got a cracked water pump. And a fractured injector line. It's got a fractured injector line. <laughs> well, what does all that mean? Yeah, okay, but what does that mean? What does that mean? 24 hours. 24 hours? They've got 12. You've got 12! Okay. okay. That was actually, that was pretty good. It, I mean, come on. I mean, everything is number one. Everything's having to be relayed and repeated back and forth. But it's right at the end. He's why just is like, it, why is it you think, okay. is it just the humor breakdown, the little bit of time to catch your breath that George Correct. Miller takes the time to do that in yeah, the movie? Yeah, that's how I would have looked at it. Like, let's give him a breather and let's give him a good, a little laugh. Yeah. Because it's genuine. No, it's funny. You know, and it's fucking funny they have them having to repeat themselves and relay that message back and forth, but the dude who keeps repeating it for everyone at the end. You got 12. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and I had to look up, the, like, the mechanic is, is what that I think the key, what the clip was called. 
f- accents fascinate right. me. So I think just to hear you do your bad Australian accent yeah. as opposed to mine. I, I choose not to do it very I, often. I think the key to the Australian accent is to take a little bit of British. No offense to anyone. No. And then but, a little bit of Valley Girl. All right. And then pour on seven, eight pints of bitter. <laughs> Think that's one way of putting it. It's not it's actually in, more. It's it, not inaccurate. It's actually more of an Irish. Uh, okay. It's more. <laughs> uh, it's more the Irish accent because they prisoners. They were sent all Irish. the Irish prisoners to Australia. But it wasn't. It wasn't all Irish and it wasn't all prisoners. But that's. But it might as main, well have been. Yeah. And again, if you're Australian, and I don't mean in the. I don't think we get a lot of downloads there, so don't let it go. Don't just let it get go. a lot of down under loads. Just let it go. No, I just don't mean to. I don't mean to offend anyone. Accents, truly, they they. I, I fucking love them, and how horrible I am at them. Oh, fucking you know, same. Don't that's don't why for I a normally second, don't do it. Don't for a second take the fact that I do them to think that I do them well to make fun of them. <laughs> yeah. I just it's fun to fuck around because I love I love hearing other countries do an American accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Idris Elba's Idris Elba's is. Possibly the best. Yeah. Well, my, like I swear, like my <laughs> Lisa's like superpower is to be able to determine when watching like a TV show or a movie to go. I don't think that person's American, and then she'll look it up, and she's right. Like, or it's like that is so good, it's not right because uh-huh. it's so correct. Things like that. Idris Elba so is so good at American ac- at, at an American accent, an American like. Black urban yeah. inner city accent. When you hear like from him, Baltimore, yeah. When you hear him do it, you're like, or when you hear him do his regular accent, you're like, he's faking that British accent. That's not right. His British accent sounds <laughs> fake, more put on than his American accent. Right. Uh, Just imagine if he was playing James Bond. It'll never happen. It'll never fuck. happen. But fuck, that would be so good. To imagine, alternate in an alternate universe, they got Idris to him. Elbera, they got Idris to him Elbera, in two thousand seven. Yeah. Like, oh, God. so good. He'd be good as an old Bond. He'd be good as an old Bond now. Like, they picked him up right after his character died from... uh, (laughs) From... uh, Prometheus. uh, No, not from Prometheus. I'm talking about just... Yeah. The Wire. You mean The Wire. God, man. I hate it when you do that. (laughs) Anyway. And they just was like, you know what? He's not busy. He's not busy. We're going to... That would have been in oh, oh, it would have been in, yeah oh, oh, five, five, oh, six. yeah you wouldn't like have that. gotten Daniel Craig no but I mean I'd take it imagine I'd, Idris Elba as Mad Max ooh that could no. be fun yeah fuck yeah instead of that movie he did where they get trapped in a zoo or something he and his daughters are on a some like safari called, something? called the Beast or something oh okay it's on Netflix or something like isn't it I think so. Uh, couldn't sure. tell you. I have. It might taste like pumpkin pie, but I'll never know because I won't fucking watch the filthy motherfucker. It just looks. It looks beneath him, man. It just. I mean, I hope he. Gets, I hope he gets paid. He probably did. And I, I don't think he man, did. It. I don't dude, think he did it for free. When, when, <laughs> when I hear Idris Elba stars in, I don't think I was. He scared probably did that minute. out of the kindness of his. Heart. I was scared for a minute, two or three times when, when the pandemic first hit, and one of them was when I found out that. 
Idris Elba had COVID. I was like, oh God, please don't kill him. Please don't kill him. Please don't kill him. It was the same when it came to I Tom forgive Hanks. Him. I forgive him for the Dark Tower. I forgive right. him for the Dark Tower. Right. It was the same when it kind of came to Tom Hanks as well. I was like, please don't kill Tom Hanks. Please don't kill Tom <laughs> Hanks. Please. And it didn't. And we're all right. But it's just one of those things. You're like, there's a couple of high-end celebrities and actors and, and artists that you really appreciate and you find out that they haven't, and you're like, fuck, this is early in the pandemic. I swear to God, I'm going to be really pissed if it kills this person. I hope my grandma's okay, too. <sighs> my grandma survived it. She eventually passed due to age. But you are going to say AIDS. Had, no, AIDS. Like, she did surpass it then. Good for her. <laughs> she got through COVID and then got around. <laughs> Caught a bit of the drip. Gross. <laughs> Not a drip. <laughs> what is your magic wand or recast? Because I didn't do. I've, I've got a magic wand, but I'm going to go ahead and All say right. recast as well. Okay. Idris, Idris Elba, like 2003. Idris Elba, like the first season of The Wire. Idris Elba. Yeah. He'd be. He'd actually be good as Max or as Wes. Yeah, he would. But I'd rather see him as Max. I'd rather see him as the protagonist. Yeah, because of the story, yeah, yeah. 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 And then star in the next movie with Tina Turner. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> My magic wand was I'd love to see these film, this film and Escape from New York kind of intertwined together. Um, like all of these movies exist on the same planet. Which is like every now and again you get the announcer from Batman, the right. 60s series. It's like, Meanwhile in New South Wales. Right, exactly. I'm like... While the U.S. is dealing with the aftermath of nuclear warfare and trying to end World War III, resources around the planet have shifted, and it's turned Australia into a wasteland struggling to survive with running out of fuel. That's good. It's like then I would take that concept and turn it into make like a one, maybe two limited run series on like HBO or Netflix or something like that. That'd be interesting where it kind of like bounce back and forth. HBO would get away with more of the violence and right. tits. Right. I'd agree. Oh, yeah, maybe. Even they would now show, it's they hard would, to say, but yeah. They would show tits in it. Yeah. But no, that's good. I like that. Because whenever I watch one of these, I whenever you watch anything that's an, Ameri- that's an American-centric dystopian movie, it's always just about what's going on here. Right. Like, what's going... Like, okay, like with uh, 28 Days Later. Is it just England? What the fuck's going on? Uh, not America? on this island. Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, every country does it. It's it, it's it's fine, but like with is this there, one, what's yeah. going on in America? Like if we're if we're this fuel greedy, if this is this, then where what's going on here? And yeah. what's going but on I in guess, South America? I guess and, what's going yeah. on in America is Water World. We're, <laughs> we're just we've got the surplus of fuel because we're cruising around on the fucking boat full of it, <laughs> having tractor pulls and fucking jet ski stunt shows and shit. Meanwhile, it literally meanwhile, is a, in it New literally, South Wales. It, it literally was a stunt spectacular yeah. where it was kill or be killed in Australia. Where they have killer bees. <laughs> uh, mine wasn't nearly as good. I uh, I wanted to just shave some of the earlier scenes down where we kind of we get what's going on. We don't need to see it. Like there's that long ass scene of where he's got the gyro pilot chained up. And dog is just keeping an eye on him. Right. And he's eating the, uh, I've got it in there, but the, I think it's Dinky Dog. Yeah. Dog food. Maybe and it's he's Dingo just, Dog. And uh, he's watching, it might be Dingo Dog. I don't know. Maybe the Dingo. Dingo, or, maybe. Dingo or Dinky Dog. But he's watching the, the city. It's like, 
Yep. The leather daddies are after the guzzling. What else? The leather daddies. What else are we to determine from this? Okay. Yeah. Get, shave some of that shit down. And I would like to see a little bit. I'm not, I don't want to humanize the marauders. I, I like them being just one-minded, violent cocks in leather. But that's the name of their gang. The violent cocks. <laughs> the VCL. Violent Cox and Leather. You didn't know that? No. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see a little bit more of like their camp. Like just their, not their their inner workings or anything. The Leather like, Daddy's camp? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 like joke, how do, like when they take off the mask. Like, yeah, you go here, you go like, there. Like, like when they relax for the end of the day, like, oh, it's been a fucking when they, day. When they relax at the, the end, end of the, of the day. day. After all of their killing. Wes puts his feet up on right. that blonde mullet kid's back because yeah. he's his, his little step stool. <laughs> like, what happens? Like, just a, just when a you let your hair down. Of like, you know, like. You no, take the assless chaps off. What what next? Like, brew me, I don't, I don't brew care, me a cup of coffee. I don't care that they set him on fire and shot him back from the inside of the city back out on a catapult. You get the fuck in there and you find that fucking dog. <laughs> Seriously, just a little bit of. Like we see plenty of what's I going on. I want to see with the, the regular life when they're not burning all of the fuel. Yeah, they're sitting on the couch at Central Perk, and they're having a, a hot <laughs> cup of uh, sand in their guzzling. Yeah. Again, not to humanize them, just to give them a little bit more depth. Because like it's humongous, and like Wes helping each other move into their next apartment. Pivot, pivot. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have, they're Aussies, dude. They'd have a completely different word for pivot. I'm, I, spinny I'm, ram, spinny <laughs> ram. Sorry. Like, the, is there like a Seinfeld and a Kramer like connection? Neighbors living next door to each other, waiting for the Kenny Roasters to stop. <laughs> right. that's a, but that's what they call chicken. They don't call it chicken. They call it Kenny Roasters. Right. <laughs> Pop around to the petrol station, get a box of Kenny Roasters. I just watched that episode. It's been a brekkie. You can see Wes sitting there in his bed, eating the chicken, and then the light goes out. It wouldn't be, a, it wouldn't be a bed. It'd be like a cot. It would be like that blonde kid on his hands and knees, and Wes would be sleeping on his back. The feral kid running around. Oh, yeah, the feral kid with his boomerang. Was feral boy? Is how he's listed. I think feral he was boy. feral boy, yeah. Right. Yeah, so that'd be my magic wand. It's just <laughs> not any of what we just said, but just show a bit more uh, what's going on in the Marauders camp. Like, where do they park? Where do they refuel? Because they sit there with those engines idling. For a long time yeah. for them to not have a lot to collect more. Yeah. So. Not a lot of common sense. <laughs> not That's what they should be looking for is common sense, that, not guzzling. Yeah. Why don't you... Uh, let me get a let me get a liter of MacGuffin, Let your please. Road rage that one down. I'm going to steal your joke. I'm going I'd like a liter of MacGuffin, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, eighty-seven or eighty-nine, ninety-two, please, ninety-two, eighty-one, cunt. <laughs> right, eighty-one. All right. <laughs> what are your final? Well, first, I'm going to do some trivia. Oh, that's right. (laughs) 
you know, we talked about the music earlier being a little much, but for it this, still works. For this, oh, this, this is, final chase scene, it's yeah. fucking great, and it yeah. it adds an air of uh, gravitas to my trivia well, segment that I've been looking for for all these uh, six years we've been doing. Well, that's great. Um, you got to think in the mindset of being a regular theater goer in 1981 and watching the last sure. 11 or 13 minutes of that chase scene where it just feels like it's never ending and it's going at full tilt. Yeah. That was pretty groundbreaking at the time. This does that. Yeah. <clears throat> Mel Gibson has, do you care to guess how many lines of dialogue he has in 15. the entire film? It is 16. Okay. Well, you were close when you said 14 lines of dialogue completely in the movie. Two of them? <laughs> two of his lines of dialogue? Two of the Grunts? 16? No. Oh. Two of the 16 lines he says are, I only came for the gasoline. <laughs> I think that's great. I think that is a nice... He should uh, put it on his business card. <laughs> I only came for the gasoline. No. I only came, came for, the, for gasoline, the gasoline, Gibson. Um, the tanker roll stunt at the end of the chase was deemed so dangerous that the stunt driver was not allowed to eat any food. Why? Because they're afraid. 12 hours prior to the shot and the likely event, <laughs> he had to be rushed into surgery. surgery. Oh, my God. Like, don't eat anything for the next 12 hours. Why? Well, because if we fuck up, we're going to have to helicopter you out of here. And it's a long fucking way. <clears throat> yeah. Because we're in the middle of nowhere. Um, Mad Max 2, as it was uh, named down under. Uh was renamed the Road Warrior for the North American distribution because at the time... Mad Max did not do well or hardly much business, I think, in the U.S., right? You doing this or am I? I'm sorry. It was just a guess. <laughs> uh, the original uh, 1979 Mad Max had only been released uh, on a limited basis. Okay. So Mad Max 2 didn't really make a much ton of sense, sense for them. And because, like you said earlier, they recap. Yeah. You don't... You get like 15 seconds. I don't want to like say you whole... don't need the first one, but you don't need it. You kind of don't need it. And we're Americans. We're dumber. So that's fine. <laughs> um, the dog. This is one of my favorite bits of trivia. Uh, <clears throat> and it should brighten your day. Uh, the dog that they used was actually saved from being euthanized what? from the shelter one day before it was set to be put to sleep. Jeez. Uh, members of the crew visited the shelter looking for a pet to just cast for the film. And he was picked from several other dogs. Um, due to him picking up a rock off the ground and playing with it like a toy. Hmm. Not having the slightest fucking clue he was about to be killed. Uh, so the crew members realized the dog could like have like character yeah. presence on film. Well, they, it also makes Mad, it also makes Max a little more... Gives him the John Wick factor. Yeah. Uh, or gives John Wick the Mad Max factor. More yeah. But um, also it was, a fucking, it. Is a, it was an Aussie catalog and they're smart as fuck. Yeah. Uh, they just need they need training um, until we meet your dog. So they well, he's part Aussie cattle dog. He's actually really smart um, and dumb. This was the, the only time. this was the only movie that the the dog appeared in. Uh, James Cameron cited this as one of his influences behind Terminator oh, uh, and Terminator right. Two. Uh, John Connor's dog was named oh. Max. Oh, that's right, Wolfie. Uh, Wolfie, yeah, <laughs> right. It's Wolfie, right. What's Wolfie? <laughs> That's what he asks him. It's like, what's your dog's name? Oh. Max. He says, how's Wolfie? He's yeah. fine. Your He's parents fine. are dead. Your parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite Mad Max movie? It's a room warrior. <laughs> Beyond Thunderdome. Your parents are dead. <laughs> your parents are dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the year the film takes place is unknown. 
the year the film we takes know place it's 1997 that's nah, your movie uh it's unknown but in 19 uh 1984 interview george miller stated that the events of the two movies took place in the mid to late 90s so, so 97 could have been 97 boy everything's different in australia um unusual especially for an action film this was shot in sequence wow that is odd yeah but is, I, mean, I mean it's not for a everybody complex so story for none of the mad story, max stories for a, are complex. For a straightly strictly mechanical stunt thing which is just business just doing work yeah i think it makes tur- pu- turtle fucking sense total fucking sense or perfect fucking sense even turtle sense turtle sense is the new word it's perfect and total Purtle. Uh This was originally supposed to be the conclusion of the Mad Max story, which Max's fate would never have been revealed. Uh, George Miller, Terry Hayes, and Byron Kennedy. Until, had, until Tina Turner wanted to do a movie. This is Nathan's trivia interruption Sorry. segment, gang. Uh, they had no intentions of making a third installment, but George Miller planned to make a post-apocalyptic movie of kind of Lord of the Flies style about a tribe of children living in the wild who were found by an adult. Uh, when Miller was suggested, when, when Miller was suggested that Mad Max is the, oh, that somebody suggested to him that Mad Max be the adult that find the children. It became Mad Max beyond Thunderdome and the realization of a bad idea. <laughs> That's my little addendum to it. I think the third movie did it did well, well, but it's not awesome. Again, we're Americans. We're stupid. We can't do metrics. <laughs> um, Give me the imperial system. <laughs> because he was relatively unknown in the U.S., the trailers did not feature Mel Gibson, but instead focused on the chases and action scenes. So this is 1981. He wasn't a big name. No, not he definitely another, wasn't. Not not then. Not for another few few years, easily. Um. Here's where the S&M shit comes from. The costume department assembled the costumes by raiding junk shops, secondhand clothing stores, sporting outlets, and S&M shops. <laughs> I feel like they dropped almost everything except the football shoulder pads <laughs> and S&M because that's what you primarily see specifically for the gang that's trying to get the gasoline. George Miller believes that the gyro captain serves the most important function in the film. Because he provides humor and brings Max back toward his humanity. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does. Yeah. And that's it. Fuck you, Gyro Captain. No. Uh, George Miller edited this movie with the sound off. So he could just focus on the images. Again, there's not a lot going He's on. He's trying not to audibly. have something distract him, I guess. That would be distracting if... I'd have to have something, man. I'd want, I'd want some sort of music. Benny Hill or... Flight of the Valkyries or something. Because <laughs> that kind of gets the tone. Uh, Max's dog, named Dog, helps Max at least six times during the film, including saving his life. Uh, the film takes place five years after Mad Max, 1979, just when that came out. Right. And 15 years before Beyond Thunderdome. So, 1997. <laughs> Sure. Uh, the breed of Max's dog is uh, an Australian cattle dog or blue healer. And finally, according to George Miller, Max never smiles. He only gives a few Mona Lisa grins during the movie. I caught, I, 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 I read this trivia while watching the movie. I, I wrote this trivia while watching the movie. I caught several instances of where he's doing a, it's a smirk. 
he's he smiles a couple of at times. the most. Yeah, but I mean it's not it's not a gregarious laugh or you know he's not pleased with anything, but he's he smirks. The Smirks was a great cartoon. That's an Australian cartoon, actually. The Smirks. I prefer the Smurfs, which is French. Made, that would be, Amer- that would made be, American. That would be less Smurfs. Is that why I have those funny hats on? Probably. And they're white? I think I think it was based on I demand you laugh card. at my French surrender joke. <laughs> Fuck you. My very topical French surrendering joke. You're very topical. <laughs> it's always topical. It's always topical. It's only 100 years old. <laughs> Uh, final thoughts still hold up it does uh <clears throat> i think the road warrior is one of those rare sequel films like we've already discussed before that it doesn't require any knowledge of the first film it really doesn't no not at all um it more or less plays kind of like a kurosawa post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic like yo jimbo honestly even if they didn't have or, the little like if, man with no name kind of western. If they didn't have the shit at the beginning about Max and his wife, you I, don't I, need it. You don't need it. You, um, do, you don't need to know why he's the man from nowhere. But again, I, I, I agree. It's it's Kurosawa esque. Yeah, um, Gibson's portrayal of the hardened drifter Max fits perfectly into this strange, desolate world where people uh, waste gasoline so they can get more gasoline. It's um, called cruising, Nathan, and it's the <laughs> plot behind American Graffiti. <laughs> Uh, Mad Max 2, American Graffiti. <laughs> right. <laughs> More Australian graffiti. Right. Um, it's just cunt spray painted on <laughs> a bunch of things. <laughs> well, this movie is profane. Um, I think Miller's vision has been put up there on screen for everyone to see and where there's nothing left in the tank by the end of the film. Now, is that a pun? <laughs> no. Stray a pun. <laughs> Stray a pun. Um, it's an adrenaline-rushed-filled spectacle, and I feel I don't watch it enough because I forget how good it actually is until I put it back in and go, fuck, this is really good and not that long. Same. Yeah. It really just... What always gets it's me efficient. is... It's efficient. It's... Was that... Are you done? Yeah. It's... I don't want no. to say the word yes. operatic, but it's... It's up there because it's, yeah. it's just... It's... You know, you don't need any dialogue almost. You get in, you get out. But, you know, I I didn't shit on the music earlier. And that clip was pretty awesome. Hearing it in retrospect. Hearing it again, it's like, no, I'm always wrong about it. I'm always like, man, this is going to be a long movie. And it's not a long movie. No. And it's like, this is going to be drawn out. And it's not really drawn out. And it's like, the music is like, no, the music fucking really, it fucking, for the time it came out, fucking, what did you want? Brian May to do it? Look what he did with Flash Gordon. Don't do that. It fucking suits it. It moves you. He it's, shares the same name with the lead guitarist from Queen. I mean, how bad can he be? George? No, Brian May. Brian May did the... Queen did the I, soundtrack. No, for, but Brian May... This is a different Brian May. Are there two Brian Mays? Yeah. Huh. So, Queen did the music for Flash, but this was not the same Brian May. It's not dated by anything in the movie. Mm-mm. It's dated by a couple of production things, but it's a f- fucking classic, man. Yeah. It does not fuck about. No. It's not here to fuck spiders. It sure um, isn't. I, I mentioned a couple of things they could shave down, but... Not really? Yes and no. Everybody's maybe. motivations are... <laughs> like The leather daddies are after the guzzoline. The rugby playing oil refinery 
people are there to get out and adopt a feral boy. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's a feral boil. I'm like a boil. So, Safara Boyle. Boyle sounds like a Irish actress. I'm Safara Boyle. Sister of Laura Flynn Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got Twin Peaks on the brain. I've been watching that again. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. The original? The two? Yeah. The good two? Well, I'll let you know how the uh, Showtime thing shows up because I bought the Blu-ray collection that had everything. Including the Showtime thing, it's, which I never saw. Before. I saw I saw parts. We'll, we'll but get, we'll get there. I realize how much black coffee I drink. How about cherry pie? <laughs> Not huge on cherry pie. I like other fruit pies, but cherry pie. Mm. I, I like other warrant songs better. <laughs> uh, baked made makes. Uh, really? Yeah, fucking love this movie. I I I, I like you. I feel like I don't watch it enough, but when you watch it, you're like, there's not a lot to it. No, there isn't. So you probably watch it just enough. I probably do. You leave just enough time between watching it and just enough time to like contemplate, should I go back and watch the first one or not? And then, no. Because I have it on Blu-ray. And then you watch something shittier like Waterworld, (sighs) and then you watch Mad Max another year or year and a half later, and you're like, this is so much fucking better. But so it's good. still fun to watch Waterworld. He did it uh, is. a piece of trivia that uh, uh, Waterworld's more fun. It is. It's because of Dennis Hopper. It really is. But, mm, yeah, they we've had talked bigger, about they had this a, before. Yeah, but they had a bigger budget, too. But Correct. <laughs> Mad Max 2. And then they went past it. <laughs> yeah, but then Mad Max 2 is a, is a much better movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, uh, Mel Gibson did a lot of that uh, shit to himself. Like, he, he ripped his jacket, cut his jacket, cut his own hair. Who's into cutting? I mean, maybe. Nathan's joke is only funny to Nathan. He's laughing silently to himself. <laughs> now he's out loud. Now he's silent again. Oh, I'm sorry. Exhale, exhale. I haven't had a lot to drink lately. <laughs> oh, that's right. You don't drink less than I don't drink now. I drink less than you drink, and you don't drink much at all, so I'm, I drink even less I'm than four, that. I think I'm four or five in. Yeah, I'm, I'm four. I'm feeling I'm, good. I'm four in, and I haven't had four <laughs> in I don't know how long. I'm feeling good, but you... I'm also 70 pounds less than I used to be, so <laughs> there's less tolerance. <laughs> Than there used to be. Now, do you mean that less in, fat to go through? Do you mean that in British terms or American terms? American pounds, <laughs> not British. So he's not a fat cunt anymore. <laughs> I'm down seventy Australian dollars. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ! All right. Well, oh, <laughs> in the spirit of not being here to fuck spiders. What two movies are we going to uh, embarrass Ooh, ourselves? What with? are we watching next? I completely. Fr- I think we're doing Jaws and Jurassic Park because we're kind of. We did. We wanted to do. Uh, we wanted to cram in the ones we really wanted to do before to be, the end of the. Does it have to be Jurassic year. Park? Yes, it's the two Spielberg like big blockbusters, and they were both huge blockbusters, and we're not pairing Jaws with anything other than Jurassic Park. Piranha. No. It's half my show. Uh, do we really want... Everybody knows Are Jurassic. we changing this? Are we changing course? I don't know. I don't know. You agree to it. I have a text message. I can pull it up. I have it right here. 
It's not but a, I don't care. It's not a dry ink document. So are we, we do. Can, we so can, we doing we, Jaws and Piranha? I mean, when we were going to do Jaws and Jurassic Park, okay, we were also going to bring. We were going to bring. Um, Honey mustard uh, Brock, a cyborg. Honey mustard Brock. That just sounds like he's covered in jizz. <laughs> Honey but a little Brock. yellow, so he's dehydrated. I'll do. <laughs> I'll do Jaws and Jurassic Park. No, if no, no. We do, hang on. Okay. I'll do Jaws and Jurassic Park if we do Piranha and Carnosaur. We can do Jaws and Piranha. It's okay. It's, uh, Gene Siskel. No, Roger I mean it, it, it was Roger loved, Corman's. Like he loved Carnosaur. I thought it was terrible, but I was. That in. sounds like I don't want to do that. I was that. like a dinosaur movie with tits. I'm willing awesome. to take out Jurassic Park just to do Piranha, <laughs> so I don't have to do Carnosaur. I'll do. Uh, no, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you Jurassic Park. And Come Jaws. on, we'll do Jaws and Jurassic great Park. Movies. They're just, great movies. Yeah. They're just the only. They're the only too... combo is Spielberg creature features. Yeah. So what's oh. wrong? We've hardly done any Spielberg movies. You, you feel like he's not getting the coverage he he might need to... No, I'm just saying that we've hardly done any Spielberg movies. Name the Spielberg movies we've done for this show, if we're ending it this year. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. E.T. Nope. We did. We talked about E.T. No, we've we never done E.T. E. You won't want to do E.T. because you don't want to cry, is what you said. I didn't say we but talked... But we never covered E.T. We talked an, about it in We're talking six. about double pictures. We're, we're talking about double features. Don't make me go back and look. Go back and look. I don't care. We're only at two... Great. I can't wait to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> Duel. We talked about Duel. We've t- these are all in pick sixes, dude. We haven't done. I'm trying to. Think I'm just of what saying other- we've talked about them. It's a whole. It's a whole empire we've created. I know. So what? Probably I'm still waiting be- to come across another Spielberg movie in our episodes <clears throat> for double about- features. For double features. No, we haven't. Okay. No. You can let that go. We haven't. But we've talked about so many Spielberg movies. Yet we did we- Poltergeist on air for some reason. Poltergeist. That's not a Spielberg movie. He mm. wrote it. He didn't direct it. Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Is Toby Hooper? Toby Hooper. Um, Boy. Next time. Jaws and Jurassic Park. Because unless it's, unless it's Poltergeist. <laughs> unless it's Poltergeist. It won't be Poltergeist. We've already done that. We got, sure have. Got cursed. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be Jurassic Park because I know a friend of the show, Elizabeth Garcia, loves Jurassic Park. Is that it? Yes. That's, that's the reason why? That's the main reason I'm not going to go off script. Yes. <laughs> I guess we need to do piranha with something else. Carnivore. Yeah, I don't know that we need to do piranha. <laughs> Didn't we say everything we needed to say about piranha already? <laughs> we did talk about piranha. Okay, imagine. Jaws. Okay, yeah, I'm there. Great. Now, but dude. done by Joe Dante. Okay, so there's TV screens involved. Yes, but it's on a river. Oh, okay. Freshwater? Um, and they're not sharks. They're teeny tiny little fish with underbites. Is Dick Miller in it? He can be. What does it sound like? You know what that sound effect is? It's an electric toothbrush underwater. There, we've covered Piranha. I'm happy now. Next time, gang, Jaws and Jurassic Park, or Jurassic Park, if you want to combine the two. Jurassic Park. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, Samuel Jackson is in it. Hold on to your butts, gang. We will be back next time for that Spielberg double feature. In the meantime, stay off the moors. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. 
Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I don't hate it. No, I don't hate it either.